Welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is visual artist Bernadine Race. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on. So I was introduced to Bernadine and her work at the uh, University of Toledo uh, Art Fair. I don't, was that last year or this year? I don't remember. It was last year? It was year? Um, Art on the Mall. It was this summer in July, at the end of July. Okay. And then I saw you again, like a couple months ago, well, a month ago at the uh, Hammy Toledo um, Market, mm-hmm. Maker's Mart. So, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I just loved your work. It was just a s- distinct style. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of Edward Hopper, like those isolated moments, not necessarily loneliness, but it's like a, a solace to your pieces. And I like the night scenes. I like like the lights of the yeah. colors and the, at, at night. So I was really drawn to them. I was like, I have to have her on just to hear how you got oh. I'm glad you have me on. Um, yeah, no, they are. I've been um, super inspired by Edward Hopper since I was like 15 years old. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people, it's nice to have that analogy. I don't think I'm ever going to be as good as him, but <laughs> it's um, probably my favorite painter is Edward Hopper. So I've always been inspired by those like night scenes and loneliness is okay. It's okay if they feel Mm -hmm. like lonely. Sometimes I feel lonely when I find these reference Mm -hmm. photos for them. So if that's what reflects in the painting, then that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like at peace with yourself, at peace with being alone with yourself, I think is always an interesting idea. I think everyone should have that in their life. Um, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's like dive in. I'm ready. Um, so are you from Toledo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here for, I'm 26. Um, so I've been here for 22 years. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you like Toledo? Yeah. I love Toledo. I think Toledo is so underrated. Toledo is like one of the best cities in the, in the world, I think. This is like a uh, rant I have because I'm like, everybody's like, oh, Toledo, I want to leave Toledo. I'm like, why? Like, do you yeah. know how privileged we are? Because we have like so many green spaces. I've been to so many other cities and I'm like, oh my gosh, where are the trees? Like, I'm like not about grass anymore. I am anti-grass. I'm like super into native flowers and plants. And okay. I'm, there's like this initiative right now where everybody's like, get rid of your lawns. Cause it it's takes up so much water. And I am like, I agree wholeheartedly. So I'm, that's like another thing I'm obsessed with besides yeah. painting. <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about sorry <laughs> it's still part of you though it's part of the artist so <laughs> well that's like so gr- yeah Toledo just has a ton of green spaces and you know it's like a nice mix of you know if you want to go out in the country you know we're not that far off and there's a lot of stuff to do I think so I really like it here I'm glad to hear you say that because I do feel a lot of people say oh my god Toledo Toledo sucks I want to get out of here and it's like but it's so up and coming you know, I think the art scene is definitely growing compared to when I was young, or maybe I just didn't realize how good it was. But I feel like, and we've, as a community, the art cl- the art community is really close here, which I think is great for artists to grow and meet people for connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What is your earliest memory with art? Um, I don't know. I feel like 
I have always been trying to draw on things like that since I was a kid, but I didn't really get seriously. I'm not, I wasn't a serious artist until I was like 20 years old. So I didn't really get into it. I would draw as a hobby. And then my mom was like, oh my gosh, these are so good. You know, you should go to um, drawing classes. And I was, I was going to the, for the love of art for the longest time, but they don't have classes there anymore. And I miss it so much. And I made so many friends. So I, I got into drawing and I was super serious about drawing and and then I got into painting so I feel like my earliest memories just like drawing the ugliest little figures and like books for some reason like I didn't know what blank paper was like I would just go in like books and like find a blank page in the book and like draw on the book <laughs> but yeah that's like my earliest memory it'll be three years um in the summer since I started doing my nightscapes my night scenes and like there's already a huge difference between like the first ones I've done and then the ones that I'm doing now mm-hmm. so I would say like a huge difference so so when you started off drawing was it those night scenes or did you did you have a different subject when you first started no no I was super into life subjects portraits um tons of anatomy like I'm uh, I'm well versed in anatomy I'm trying to see. Oh, I was really, I loved uh, statues. I would draw statues all the time. I can show you one right here. Um, but I was here. Let me see. If I can pull. Ripping it off my wall. Um, so I don't know when I completed this one, but I was super into charcoal on toned paper. It's really good. <laughs> and thank you. Um, and then I had a phase where I was just drawing on orange paper so like it would just be a lot of like portraits on orange paper like this yeah I I was super into portraits life drawing life subjects things like that and then that's what I painted eventually and then I transitioned into the night what other early influences did you have that permeated through your art would you say either artists or any visuals or people that inspired or influenced you when you were growing up? Um, well, I would say Edward Hopper is a huge um, influence. And then in terms of, I don't know, I'm really inspired by um, like traditional American painters. So I love Winslow Homer and I love, 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 love John Singer Sargent. I am like a John Singer Sargent groupie. <laughs> I want to be I just, I'm obsessed with his work. I wish I could be as good as him, but I, that, you know. I have to look him up um, right now, because that name, is it, do they have an artwork oh, of his at the Toledo Museum? There, there should be. Last time I was there, I don't remember, remember what the name of it was, but there's sergeants in uh, Chicago. Okay. There's even one, I remember there was one in Pittsburgh. There's a ton at the Met. So John Singer Sargent is like, a lot of people aspire to be like him because he's so good at creating this beautiful, intricate piece, but not being heavily detailed about it. So if you go, I mean, there's tons of detail, but if you go up close to the painting, it's just brush strokes. Whereas like, if you look at the old masters, you know, they're really, really smooth paintings and they, well, John Singer Sargent also used underpaintings, but they have a different way of, of applying the paint versus Sargent. I mean, Sargent was like, yeah, he's he's so good. <laughs> I always go to the museums and look and I'm, I'm my face is like two inches away. I'm always scared I'm going to get like yelled at by the security. I'm always looking for the um, 
at the paintings and like paying attention to their application and technique and what colors they might have used to mix them. You know, one thing I have trouble with is portraits in the sun, like very strong mm -hmm. contrast between shadow and light. And um, I'm like, how do they get the sh those uh, colors in the shadow? And, you know, I think a lot of it is a mental block, but um, I always pay attention to that stuff. Mm -hmm. I love, I love looking at it and then getting inspired. And I always compare paintings to humans. Paintings are products of their environment and we're products of our environment. And like paintings are influenced by their environment and change according to their environment. And so do we. So like, you know, a lot of paintings from the Impressionist era, such as like Van Gogh's paintings, that was the time when people started using man-made manufactured paints Right. So we didn't really know what how the chemicals were going to react to the environment. And so, you know, we're looking at paintings from like over 100 years ago and they're not exactly what they looked like when they were first painted. You know, they say um, some of the flowers in Van Gogh's paintings were actually pink, not white. But due to the interaction with the environment and the exposure to light and so many other things had changed. And I'm like, that's like us. We change. We change according to our environment and things around us chemically, physically, uh, psychologically. So, yeah. I like that. And they're like reflections of emotion. And I feel like that's what we are, too. We're just always projecting our emotions. And but I, I, get, I get it, though. That makes sense. I like that, that view. That's, that's very interesting. So how did you get into then transitioning from portraits and people to your night scenes, what was the initial inspiration behind shifting now your focus to like these night scenes? Back in 2020, I came back home and it was like during lockdown. So I just spent a ton of time outside and I just love walking around outside when the sun sets because I love... I love seeing like how the sun sets between houses and the shadows. And I'm also, because I'm like, a, I love nature. Like I love flowers. Like I would just obsessively walk around and look at what's growing and paying attention to what's blooming and things like that. So it's like springtime. I'm looking for like daffodils and hyacinths and crocus. And then summer comes around and I'm looking for peonies and roses and stuff. So while I was doing that, I was also, I was also like scouting for references because I love, I don't know. I just love dusk. I love evening time. I love the way the headlights look when they're shining against the um, street. And um, I just love those neighborhood scenes. Um, I think they're just, there's like a lot of beauty and simplicity in, I think there's a lot of beauty in the mundane. <laughs> so like I walking around and like I was I was going through like a sort of like a hard time like a big transitional period in my life and like this was like my way of coping with everything was just like walking around at night looking for the moon looking for sunsets paying attention to things that like we normally wouldn't really pay attention to and trying to find beauty and like feeling in it we tend to overcomplicate ourselves. And I think it's human nature to complicate life and always look for something more and always look for deeper meaning in things. And I think it's like when we stop and pay attention to things around us and like find beauty in the mundane, it creates a deeper, deeper sort of like appreciation for things around you and more gratitude. So that's how I 
was inspired by those night scenes. And also I just love nighttime and I love the mystery. Nighttime is mysterious to me. And um, I've read some, I don't remember where, where I read it, but somebody was like talking about, it was like an article on how night is like a refuge for people who don't really feel like they fit in with like the norms of everyday living. You know, I think sometimes like daily living, like we get caught up with like the norms of going to work and small talk. And, you know, there's not really a lot of time to sit down and reflect, right? Like we're just kind of going day to day. It's like busy, 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 getting chores done, getting work done, making sure that we're taking care of like all of our responsibilities. And like nighttime is a time to reflect, you know? And yeah, I really like that aspect about it. It's like a time to be alone, reflect, think about how you feel. And it's like refuge for those people who want to do that, who are who are striving for that, who are striving for some kind of deeper connection with themselves. I always, when I look at, when I take pictures of cars and that are driving, I'm like, what are, what are they doing? Where are they going? It's so, it's, it's nice to me. It's comforting to know that life is constantly dynamic and moving on, moving. Um, sometimes, sometimes you wish it would stop for you, but it doesn't like, but it's, it's comforting to know that it's always moving forward and things are dynamic and things are changing. It's nice. Like knowing that there's somebody in that car, like going and, you know, are they going to work? Are they going to their moms? Are they going to go see a movie? I don't know. So I like that. It's kind of like when you're doing your art, you're kind of setting up the scene and kind of creating a little world with inside your your artwork that I think anyone can relate to because everyone has driven at night with their car, you know, or has been yeah, yeah. on at nighttime. So I think anyone could put themselves in your work. Yeah. And I've always been obsessed with capturing a feeling like I, when I was a kid, I always took pictures of everything. And I feel like I guess I try to capture those feelings visually. I'm not very good with words. So I appreciate so much when I'm reading a book and people are able to describe something that I feel. And I, it's it's a great appreciation that I have. And like, I'm the type of person where I have like 12,000, I have 12,000 photos in my camera roll and I'm like, not going to delete any of them. I don't have any plans to because I'm like oh it's a memory it's a feeling and so I try to do that a lot with my work too like I'm trying to capture a feeling when I take these pictures and you know I'm really picky about what I choose you know like I when I see it I feel it and then I take a picture like I can't just take a picture of any old like thing or scene and stuff and try to make something from it like something had to like click in my brain and be like oh this is this could be good you know Mm -hmm. So is your source then for a lot of these scenes, are they pictures that you've actually taken in real life or are they coming from your imagination or is it both? Um, okay. So 99% of them are pictures that I've taken on my own. Like I, I scout, I drive around, I walk around. I'm always looking for stuff. Um, sometimes people send me pictures and that's really nice. I love when they do that. They'll be like, um, I saw this and I thought of you and I thought you might want it. And I think it's really nice when people do that. But yeah, I take all the pictures from myself and then I paint from that reference photo. Or sometimes like when I, when I had more time and I was like, my creative juices were just flowing, like I would make up the scenes. So that one of my most popular paintings is the blue dream painting where you bought a print of it. Yes. Made up. I made up. <laughs> I go to car lots and I take pictures of old cars 
And then I kind of try to like map it, sketch it out first to see if it's convincing and then I'll translate it onto the painting. So some of that is like made up sometimes, especially like the colors and everything. But I know a lot of people like those colors, like those neo-noir um, yeah. colors. How long does it usually take you to finish a work or just to, to start from beginning to ending? Uh, honestly, it just depends on how much time and how creative and how productive I am. So I feel like 2020 was such a, a good time for artists because the world slowed down a lot, slowed down, and um, people were able to like focus a lot on themselves and things that they liked. And that's why, you know, you see in movies like, I don't know what movie I'm referencing to, but I feel like I've seen this common theme in movies where it's like somebody's a writer and they like go away to the country for like three, three months. So they don't have anything bothering them. And there's no obligation for anything because they can just sit and focus on their art. I, now I understand why people need that because it's really hard to be productive and creative when you have so many other things going on. Back in 2020, like it was like a assembly line. Like I was literally finishing paintings like within four to seven days. But now I've changed and I want a different, I want something different from my paintings. So they've been taking me a lot longer. I would say in the range of three months. Okay. Um, I can show you some other ones. This one I just did the under underpainting for. I do an underpainting um, because I'm trying to be more detail oriented and by doing an underpainting. Yeah. What's the underpainting? So no, that is. Oh, okay. So um, underpainting is like a method that has been used for hundreds of years. And, and it's basically applying a neutral layer. So you're basically painting the painting, but you're not using any colors. You're just using white and burnt umber. And a lot of people like it, A, because it helps you map out the painting. You can be more detail oriented. It creates like a neutral ground for the colors. I didn't know that was a process. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's a really, really old process that the old masters have been using for a long time. Some people will like apply really thin layers of pigment and build that pink pigment up. That's what gets you that smooth finish that you see in a lot of really old paintings, especially like the Italian masters, like Caravaggio. I've heard, yes, definitely the last name. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at Caravaggio's paintings, they're super smooth and like extremely detailed. And it's because they like apply the paint on super, super thin and nice and slow process. And yeah, they all use underpaintings. I'm not quite sure if he did. I'm I'm going to assume that he did, but don't hold me yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people do underpaintings for sure. What other techniques do you use within when you're doing your works? So if I don't underpaint, I'll direct directly paint. So that means I just kind of like lay the color down. I'll kind of just like eye it. So it's like, oh, I see a square here. So I'll kind of like paint a square or I kind of maybe roughly sketch it out with my paintbrush and then just lay big blocks of color down, whatever I see. So I start from like big and then I build in the detail. Mm -hmm. So rough shapes to detail for always unless I'm underpainting because then the details are already kind of there and then I just kind of like gla glaze over them. I love all the work that goes into a painting that looks so easy but it's really not I mean for us non non-visual I mean, artists. 
I always tell people like I am exhausted after I paint. Like I can only paint like two to three hours at a time because it takes a lot of planning, like mental planning and a lot of effort and attention. I use more energy painting than like if I was to go to the gym for two hours. But that's also because I talk a lot at the gym and yeah, <laughs> I don't push myself. So maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> so do you think art is a innate talent or is it something that can be that someone can learn? This is my opinion because I've like thought about this question before and I've talked about it with other people. Anybody could learn how to do anything, right? Like we can all, a lot of people can learn how to play the guitar, right? And, or a lot of people can learn how to draw, but there's going to be certain people out there who have a special affinity towards it that are going to be able to take it to a different level than other people might be able to. If that was the case, either everybody would be really good or everything would be kind of the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Michelangelo's or, you know, yeah, you wouldn't have like, yeah. No, you wouldn't have that stuff because those people were geniuses. They were really good at what they did. And I don't, I think, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's people who have a special affinity for it and a lot of passion for it. And there's people out there who are extremely talented and they don't have any passion for it and they don't put any effort into it and they're not as good as they could be, you know, and they'll never know. I don't know. Sometimes that stuff is like naturally led to you. The things that you're meant to do and love and stuff, you'll naturally find them. Even when you, whether you're 17 or you're 45, like eventually like the things you love, like do come to you, you know, that's how I feel about it. And like, you know, people always talk to me and they're like, I'm so bad at drawing. And I like, I was like, I don't think that's the case. I think that you can get better at drawing. A lot of it is practice, muscle memory and like sticking to it. You know, a lot, a lot of these like artists that are amazing, they weren't always as good as they, when they started off, right? Nobody starts off like super, even if they do start off super good, they get better, (laughs) you know, they're always perfecting their craft. So that's how I feel about that. And also, I just also, this is what I want to say too. Even if you feel like you're not as good as other people, or like, you know, you're not going to be good as other people that shouldn't stop you from still trying to do those things. Like if you enjoy it, go do it. Don't look at other people. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just do what you like to do. Cause I feel like people get intimidated with art and, you know, art can be really fun and super freeing and a great form of therapy. And it shouldn't stop you from that. I always say like with everything in life, don't put so much pressure on it. Don't put so much, don't put all of these high expectations on everything. Cause you're just going to end up disappointing yourself. Like let things ebb and flow. I did want to ask you, so since I met you at an art show, like how many, you've been to a lot of art shows, I feel like. So I was in Ann Arbor for 2021. And then I was in Ann Arbor this year. And then I was at Art on the Mall. I was in Plymouth, Michigan as well for their art fair. And then Handmade Toledo was like my most recent one. I don't know what's next. (laughs) What has been the reception like to your work when you go to these shows? What have oh my gosh, it's been so sweet. Like when I went to Ann Arbor the first year, I met a lot of people. And then the second year when I did it this year, it was so awesome because people came back and they remembered who I was. And it was so, so awesome. Like I was just so, I don't know, it makes me want to cry. But <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what's in store for the next year. I have no idea. It depends on if they take you to like, they're all juried exhibits. So, okay. 
do you have any exciting like new projects or things coming up with your art or you just been working on your night scene still still on the night scene someone told me when I was in Ann Arbor in Ann Arbor that I need to make bigger pieces so I'm trying to make some considerably larger pieces than I would have been doing. So usually I like work on like 11 by 14 surfaces or eight by 10 surfaces. But now I'm like most of my, the paintings that I'm working on right now are like 16 by 20 and above. I've been working on larger pieces. I'm working on this one right now that I'm, it's in process. Ooh. But it still has a lot of work to go. <laughs> so I mean, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, those are like my bigger projects, just like larger paintings. It's kind of like a neighborhood series, like a lot of them will be in neighborhoods. So I kind of just want to like gravitate towards more of that subject area rather than painting like straight up cars. Or I also want to incorporate more greenery. I'm trying to paint my garden again. I did that last year. I want to try and do it again. So, but different. I'm different now. I have a different method. So I want to see how it's going to look now versus when I did it before gosh like there's so much work ahead <laughs> there's there's overwhelming and I'm like why did I choose this one why did I do that one you know so how many are you working on like at the moment all at the same time oh I okay right now there's just two that I'm working on at the same time I haven't really started that one um and I was planning on starting a few more but it's just to it's it's to help me keep track of what I want to do because I have so many ideas in my head and I was like, okay, well, if I lay them, if I lay them down, them down on the canvas, I'll know what I need to do. Cause I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I want to do this one. I, I want to do this one. I want to do this one. And then I, I write them down in a, in a list and that doesn't help me either. I actually have to visually see. Yep. There's so many unfinished paintings too, too. Tons of unfinished stuff. But if there's anybody listening to this and they're trying to get into the art fair world please like let me know because I mean or just reach out if you ever have questions because there was so much that I did not know and I oh my gosh it was hard <laughs> so What's, like the one thing that you learned the like the weights. most important thing you learned weights weights wait oh like for like things fly away oh my god oh, so wait. easily her name is Vern she does like uh paint wildlife paintings no. like bird so she has her instagram is tooth and wing and like i met her at insylvania and i was like what's one thing she's like weights weights and i was like okay and then i thought i had enough weights and i didn't and my tent flew away like twice so <laughs> you if you think you have enough weights you don't have enough weights so it's so stressful I'm I'm talking like a hundred. Yeah. She, she was so nice. She was like, so helpful. And I was like, okay, I got weights. And then it wasn't enough. So like, you don't think about the practical things that you need for the fairs, you know, it looks so great when I'm as a, as a guest, like coming in, like, Oh, look at how it's all displayed, but <laughs> yeah. Weights and zip ties and like to hold stuff together. And yeah, I, I'm still learning. Honestly, I'm not well-versed, but whatever inexperienced information I can give you, I, I'd be happy to. It's a journey. It's a process. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's people who, when they go to the fairs, they've been doing it for 10 decades, you know, they're very seasoned and they know what they're doing. So it's cool though, to like see other artists and kind of get to know them and talk to them. Mm -hmm. I, I like seeing what other art there is. Yeah, I can't wait to see what else you do and where else you go. 
I'm a big proponent of your work. Excited. Thank you. I'm excited to see you. Curious to see where it all ends up, you know. Well, before we end, I want to ask some rapid fire questions because they're really fun. You ready? Okay. I love rapid fire. I always like listen to wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. And they always do like, they're not, I don't know if they call them rapid fire questions, but they're always just doing like quiz questions. And I love it. Yeah. I love trivia. I was always telling people like, I want to be on Jeopardy like so bad. <laughs> but I do. I know a lot of useless information. I don't think it's, I don't think any information is useless, no. but I know a lot of random information. <laughs> All right, here we go. Do you have any painting rituals? No, 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 uh, no, it's, it's a, not really. No, I just go with it. It's a mess. It's so unorganized up here. And <laughs> like, there's yes. no favorite Toledo artist. Um, I love Vern. She's so good. I, she's into gardening too. So a lot of her work is tons of birds and beautiful flowers and nature. So I would say Vern. What's Susan her uh, last name or her Insta handle? What was it again? It's tooth and wing on Instagram. Let's check her out. Favorite color to work with blue any kind of blue um probably ultramarine ultramarine's like og paint color for hundreds of hundreds of years i mean like you know uh vermeer the girl with the pearl earring yes there's ultramarine and her um headscarf and i ultramarine i love ultramarine blue <laughs> i just love how old these colors are like ochre is so old king's blue by um williamsburg is also one of my favorites king's blue I love that color. Oh, and the Radiant Collection by Gamblin. I love those colors. Like a foreign language to me, but I love it. (laughs) Blues, for sure. Describe your style in three words or less. I would say nostalgic, maybe. Nostalgic, um, simple, and... I'm sorry, I'm not having a hard time. Nostalgic, simple, and reflective. Simple, nostalgic, reflective. Perfect. <laughs> what is Toledo's best kept secret? I'm trying to think of like restaurants. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, they're not secrets, but I feel like all of the Metro Parks, like it's oh not God, a secret. Someone else said that recently who I interviewed. I know people who like move to Toledo, like because of the fact that there's so many metro parks, but I would say the metro parks. There's a lot of good ones. And then when you're not painting, what do you like to do for yourself? I like just doing other hobbies. Like I'm big into diamond dots. So it's like diamond painting with like the little rhinestones. I've been reading lately. I just read a good book. It's called, um, it's pretty popular on earth for briefly gorgeous that was like an amazing book it was so beautiful um highly recommend yeah. it i haven't i haven't heard of that one super beautiful poetic prose and yeah just really good and then gardening just highly obsessed with gardening i can't describe to you like how much i think about this and then uh being outside that's like the biggest thing i do for i just loved the outdoors mm-hmm. so it well I think this has been I love listening to you talk and just like your passion behind your work and nature and everything I'm I'm excited again like I said to see what you what else you do and I hope people think you're to get exposed to your work yeah no Uh, yeah
I okay. appreciate it. Thank you for anybody who listened to this podcast and took the time to look at my art. I appreciate it. Yeah. Your Instagram is at B-E-R-N-I-E-N-T dot art. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's no reason behind the name. I just picked that username. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bernadine's, you can check out her art on her website at www.bernient.art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yep. Help us local artists and then yeah. see when her next um, fairs in. And thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. No, thank you. The pleasure is all mine and the privilege is all mine. So it's yes. a privilege. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yes. And thank you to everyone who's been listening in and stay tuned for another episode next month. This is also the 30th episode. You're oh, like, cool. I, I can't believe I've done 30 episodes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>